newly revamped Testudo Times podcast. My name is Matt Lichtenstadter, but I will refer to myself as Matthew Aaron because my last name is really long and hard to pronounce. And since my two co-hosts today have much easier names to pronounce, life will be easier for me. First, I will have a classmate of mine introduce himself. He's a very good writer for the Testudo Times, which we all know and love. Alex Kirster. Hello, Alex. Hey, Matt. How are you? I am doing well. We're going to be talking about Maryland sports, which obviously makes me happy. Well, at least basketball makes me happy. I don't know about football. And, of course, we have the grand poobah of Testudo Times, Pete Volk. Hello, Pete. How you doing, Matt? I am doing really well. Uh, let's begin this conversation, by the way, if since this is a test run. If this was not a test run, I would be asking questions to all of you listening. I'm sorry, Matt, from 2015. That wasn't a test run. That was the real first episode of the Testudo Times podcast. Boy, was I stupid then. But apparently, I'm still kind of stupid because I'm still doing this show. Actually, it's not really that stupid I'm doing this show. I love it. I am Matt, of course, your humble host. For now, 100 episodes of the Testudo Times podcast. And in honor of this occasion, I decided to give you a little taste of what the first episode was like and how much we have improved or not improved since then, depending on your view. But we have gone through... Two-plus years of Maryland athletic history that are now archived on the internet for all to hear. And it has been a great experience with so many amazing guests, so many people that we've talked to, so many great people who have written for Testudo Times in the past and the present. And really great history and so much fun has been had for these 100 episodes over multiple, multiple, multiple days worth of audio recording and multiple days worth of editing Harry and everything else that has gone on. This has been an amazing show. So for the 100th show, I decided to go off with a little bit of a special intro. You're going to hear more of a normal type show for the first segment of this show, and then you're going to hear from a couple of other Testudo Times writers who have been here in the past and have been a major part of this podcast in the past and going forward to hear what they have thought about the show. So enjoy the 100th episode. We hope you have enjoyed it as much as we did, and please enjoy the show. listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. Are you amazed you're still listening to this show after the terrible intro we had in the first one? I know, right? It's crazy. We've done a hundred of these. But this is the 100th episode of the Testudo Times podcast with your friend Matt Lichtenstadter at Matt's Musings 1 hosting this show. I'm very excited to be able to say that. I never say my name in the intro of any of these podcasts because what I'm talking about and who I'm talking to are always more important than that. But I figure because it's the 100th episode, I can plug myself. You should follow me on Twitter if you haven't done so already. There's plenty of great Maryland thoughts on there. But it is a very fun day, Thomas, and I'm glad to have you on this show because now... Since you have really started to write for this site and be the editor now, and you've been on a lot of these shows, you've probably been on more than anybody at this point, so before we get into the actual meat of what we need to talk about today, what it's been like for you coming on this show and spending so many hours of your life recording the Silly Podcast? Well, it's been it's been something because, you know, I was going to do one, you know, the spring of last year when... Uh, women's basketball was going to play in the NCAA tournament and that didn't work. And so, you know, I, I haven't even, my first one was last August. And so here I am, you know, suddenly 
if if what you're saying is true that I've been on the most of anybody, you know, that's that's wild. Have. I couldn't tell. Yeah, that's it just, might be, that's just you wild. Ryan. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just wild. It's been, uh, you know, because because I haven't even been here long. Like I'm a I'm a junior in college. You know, I haven't I haven't been here long. It's been it's been a long it's been a long time, but it's been not that long. You know, and it feels so, like it's been a long time. I mean, I started hosting it when I was a junior. And they posted a job posting on the UMD Journalism Listserv, which you know anybody who's ever been at the J School at Maryland knows about. And I said, I can do this. I've been on podcasts. I had a friend of mine teach me how they recorded the show. And then I said, okay, I did it. The best part about that intro of that show, by the way, and this is a trade secret, I didn't actually know that they were recording that as the actual first show. I thought it was just a dry run. And they said, no, this is the first show. We're going to post it. I was like, this, that, that's why it sounds so weird. Yeah. But eventually I got somewhat good at it, maybe. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's still. And, and it's weird because, like, the fall of my freshman year, I don't even know if uh, it was a listserv thing. I was at the freshman welcome. And, like, I was trying to write for, you know, the Diamondbackers, one of the other places. I didn't know this existed. Uh, they had a table. And... I was like, I've heard of SB Nation. I didn't, I didn't know about the SB Nation like network of like team blogs. And so I had a conversation with, I think it was Kirshner about it. Um, and then a couple weeks later, he was like, Yo, do you want to write women's basketball? And I ended up just going from there. It was crazy and, because when and I so asked, here I am. I've been on the yeah, podcast a lot. Absolutely, you have. When I asked Alex if he wanted to do it, he said, No, I don't want this to be about me. That is the most Alex Kirshner thing you have ever heard in your entire life. We're recording this Tuesday afternoon, um, the 12th, by the way. So he was just at Army-Navy, freezing himself to death. But he's still around. And Alex is a great part of this, too. And Pete is a great time of this, too. Fortunately, I couldn't get both of them on. I would have liked to. But you will hear from a couple of other people who have been on this show a lot to give their thoughts on it, including a very special guest, too, as well. So stay tuned for that later. You've seen by the podcast length, this is not exactly a short podcast. And sorry that we have waited so long, but, you know, finals and... There hasn't been all that much to talk about. Or maybe, Thomas, we have just recovered from the stupidness or the unloss, as you call it, the very Alice in Wonderland term, which I love, that Maryland had against Illinois, which is now more than a week ago. Uh, it's nine days after, and I'm still trying to get over that, and I'm not going to be able to, because that was stupid. Has it only been nine days as we were? Well, it was December wow. the 3rd. Yeah. Yep. It, it feels like both yesterday and five years ago. It was the longest and the shortest game in the history of Maryland basketball. I mean, it was it was over for a while, and then... I mean, I remember reading Jeff Ehrman like, saying, our friend Jeff Ehrman, that that was the best half Maryland has played probably since, like, 2016. Yeah, I mean, they had other really good games against Illinois. Like, last year, I think they went up to Illinois without... There was the one game all year that had no centers. And so they played a really small lineup and it worked. Um, and like they beat, blew them up by 30. And it looked like they were going to do the same thing, you know, with, with a full healthy roster. And then uh, they didn't quite, they just didn't really put them away. And then they kept turning the ball over. And then Illinois kept coming back. And all of a sudden, Illinois was like going to win the game. You know, five seconds left, just throw the ball inbounds, make your free throws, go up four, and then that's it but they threw the inbound out of bounds and then Maryland got the ball back on the baseline and then Herder, I don't know what would have been crazier is if Herder made that three 
or if what happened was he missed it and Fernando tipped it in and they went to overtime. And they still and, tried to lose in overtime. Well, Maryland didn't get a stop in overtime and still won. Like that, that, that was, the, again, just to make this stupider. Yeah. They didn't get a stop in overtime and they won. I was just like saying, how in the world can you win a game where you never get a stop? And Maryland did. It, it was, I don't know, it, it was a weird game. I, would, I thought I had a very easy gamer written. Oh, you, no, you never do. I t- as soon as I you tore say that, that you're going to have I to tore that up. thing up. I tore that thing up at least 17 times. It was. Virtual, you virtually tore it up. Virtually tore it up. Right? Yeah, sure. I mean, that was, that was so crazy. And, I mean, I guess there was a Purdue game before that, and Maryland lost, but they didn't play that badly in that game, even though they were. No, Maryland like, played well, and Purdue's good. Like, Purdue, Purdue is. Real good. I mean, Purdue outplayed Maryland for sure, and Maryland had a chance to win, which I think honestly kind of says some good things about Maryland. I mean, in, a, in the Big Ten, which looks pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Maryland on Ken Palm is still fourth in the Big Ten. Um, which Minnesota's... is because Ken Palm hates Maryland. That's another yeah, one of I mean... our great trends from this podcast in years past. If you listen to any of the two basketball seasons we covered, one of the great jokes was Ken Palm sucks. Or Ken Palm luck has Maryland as this overrated team, yada, yada, yada. Well, actually, this year it has Maryland as kind of this unlucky team because all their losses have been close. Yeah, but also the other thing about Maryland this year is the rebounding is just infinitely better than it has been in the past couple of years. Maybe because you have actual bigs. But yeah, it's those five minutes of Sean Obi. Sean, oh, yeah. Can we talk about Sean Obi? Because I know we haven't really done it. Why do you think it is that he hasn't played as much? Well, I mean, you, you saw it against um, Gardner-Webb, really, is that – so against Gardner-Webb, he played five minutes and had four fouls and didn't score. I mean, he doesn't run well. He doesn't catch well. He doesn't really do anything well except rebound the hell out of the basketball, and he can defend the paint a little bit. Um, I mean, there's there's definitely minutes for that. Uh, they they have other guys who can rebound and can do more things. Um, but I definitely like Obi, and I think he gives them a spark a lot of the time when they absolutely need one. Um, so, I mean, he's been not a revelation, not a disappointment. I think you kind of... You didn't really know what you were going to get from him, but he's very, very good at one thing, which you can't call a horrible disappointment. Um, Joshua Tamayich was a definitely a revelation against Gardner-Webb. Um, Whatever he, that means. Well, I mean, he played extended minutes for the first time, and he looked really good. I mean, he had nine points, six rebounds in 16 minutes. And well, so that with... Is of course, because of injuries. Yeah, I mean, he got his chance because of injuries, but he made the most of them. And I think it's it will be interesting to see how that translates, you know, these next three games against no one. low major, against low major, non anything competition. And um, Catholic. Yeah, so Catholic, who has this game sandwiched between Stevens Institute of Technology and oh, the yeah, Gaia School. Yeah, and the Gaia School for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing. Uh, right in between that is Maryland. Like, I mean, just... I called a game where Washington College, who is in Chestertown, the part of Maryland that no one really knows exists, and they played Navy, but that's because their coach used to be an assistant at Navy, and they lost like 110 to 45. 
and that was not very good D3 program against not very good D1. This is Catholics are pretty decent basketball school. They're not like going to set the world on fire. I've seen they are. I time. mean, Catholics Catholics two and four. They lost to my parents' alma mater, Drew University, this oh, year. Oh, okay. So like, yeah. I mean, I called them the other night and was like, "This is very important. Maryland's playing a team that lost to Drew this season." <laughs> so I know, I know. But I mean, I've seen there are good D three teams. Trust me, there are yeah. plenty of them. This is not one of them although they usually are much better than they are. Uh, and, this, and this brings us to a great point that I want to talk about Maryland scheduling because there's, there's concerns about it, and there always is. I mean, Maryland shouldn't be playing D3 teams. I know there's the RPI, which can get negatively affected if you play very bad D1 teams, like teams from like the MEAC and the SWAC and stuff like that, like the UMESs of the world, which Maryland has already played. Or yeah, they Gardner. play those too. That's the thing. Is you, you play both. They play, they play Fairleigh Dickinson and UMBC, which are essentially the same thing. You know, it's just that I still don't think that it's a good look to play D3 teams in your regular season. As scrimmages, sure, that's fine. But, you know, in the regular season, they played Bowie State one year. I called that game, and I was just like, there's no point of it. And that was when Maryland had a, a top-five caliber roster, and they were playing Bowie State in February. It's just not something that should happen. You know, there's no reason for it. I think that that one in particular was a – Big Ten scheduling was a little weird, and Maryland had this pretty good break. Like, they had a week between games, and so they just sandwiched one in. It's still, um, it's still bad. You still shouldn't do that. I don't know. It, there's there's obviously pros and cons to it. I don't love it as a reporter who loves to see, like, kind of close games and maybe a team that will matter in March sometimes. Like, Bucknell is a team that is still favored to win the Patriot League, I believe, and, mm-hmm. you know, gave Maryland a run. And those and are the kind of teams Saint that. Bonaventure. Yeah, I mean Saint Bonaventure. That I've said it on this podcast too. That loss is going to look not as bad as it was, because Saint Bonaventure is going to be I all right. I also really would have liked to have seen what Maryland could have done against TCU because they're unbeaten and ranked at this point. So. Yeah. I same. Mean, we yeah, can't have that now, but it's it's a it's a missed opportunity for Maryland. As I mean, the is. whole point of the Emerald Coast Classic was to get TCU. TCU. Yeah. Well, hey, Butler's uh, playing better now. That's good. Yeah. I mean, Maryland at this point is, what, one in three against top 80 teams or something? Well, because they haven't played many of them. Well, yeah. I mean, mean, and the ones they've played, they're one in three against. So, I mean, the conference play will be a chance to improve on that. But again, I mean, the joke was after Maryland lost to, say, Bonaventure that their tournament hopes were over. Uh, But the Big Ten is so bad this year, it looks like. That I mean, how many great teams are they really going to play? I mean, at this point, they well, it's not even great teams. I think they'll play a lot of like good teams. Like the half the Big Ten is between Ken Palm's like thirty-five and seventy, which fun. Yeah, I mean, like half the Big Ten is in that bubble, and there's only a few teams better than that. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State's so clearly far and beyond, and Purdue's also really good. Maryland will get a chance to play them again. They play Sparty twice, but I mean. Just looking at some of the Michigan. I mean, yeah, they beat UCLA, so but here's not my favorite great. thing: is like what? the what is that? The schedule coming up is these three, you know, games against nobodies, and then all right, conference play starts against Penn State at home, and Penn State is like as good as it's been, you know, in a long time. But you know, that's so a home game. You, Penn you State would be basketball favored. standards. I mean, you would be favored. Like Maryland will be favored in that game. 
Yes. Ohio okay. State win. But like, lose to Penn State but you go basketball. straight from UMBC to Penn State to Michigan State on the road. That's like going weaning the baby off of milk, and then oh, suddenly it's downing a fifth of Jack. It's crazy. Basically, it just goes basically. from nothing to 150 in no time flat. It, it it's frustrating, but <laughs> but remember, there's a bridge game. So Jim Delaney caused it. I, I mean, that's that's the thing that's going to be weird. But then again, well, I mean, even then, I mean, that's not a new thing. I mean, it's weird to have two conference games under your belt at this point and go from playing Illinois to the uh, like scrubs. the stretch that the, yeah to the scrubs. But um, I mean, every team that plays like end of December and the conference play starts in January, like that's a regular thing. But it's always weird and funny. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely kind of funny in that way. But I can. I can see it, but, I mean, it just makes it hard to talk about because what is there to talk about for Maryland basketball right now other than maybe, oh, Josh Whitson-Lyach played well, and I'm glad that Bruno Fernando didn't totally destroy his ankle because that's what we yeah, were all thinking if, about. And, like, if Justin Jackson's going to miss games because he's sick, this is a pretty good time to do it. Yeah, why would no one cares if he misses it now because he could win anyway. Yeah. So we will we will certainly keep an eye on these games. I mean, tonight's. Catholic games on BTM Plus, so good for the students, but I mean, there are other things that I could do other than watching Maryland play a D3 team. I'm calling a D3 game tomorrow that's going to be more entertaining than this, so I mean, that's that's part of it. So, I mean, I'm, I now have a lot of experience with D3 basketball, and that's not bad. It's good. You should go down and watch it. It's not the worst quality basketball you're ever going to see, but uh, it's by no means D1 level, even at the best, and I'm still not pleased that Maryland is doing this, but it is what it is. So, there is a little bit of football news that we need to talk about, and it came on Sunday, right as I was watching the most important Jacksonville Jaguars game in like 10 years, so I wasn't really prepared for it, but J.C. Jackson is going to declare for the NFL draft after his two seasons with Maryland, and I'm a little surprised by this because he didn't have the best of seasons last year, and he had one more year of eligibility left, Uh, but he's also, I think, a fair bit older because of his time with JUCO. So it probably makes sense for him to do that. Uh, what do you make of this move, other than it's going to make Maryland secondary a little bit weaker? Well, I mean, I, th- I think people generally are underestimating him as a pro prospect. Um, you know, the one site that I've seen with an extended, like, projection board has him two to four round, which is good. You would I leave thought. for that. Yeah, which you would leave for that, especially if you're four years out and – one more year won't really help you that much as as a corner because you don't put up a ton of stats as a corner. He had three interceptions this year. He's He was a very good cover corner. He's not a good tackler. He's not, you know, great at that, but very good cover corner, um, and there will always be room for good cover corners in the NFL. Of course um, and I, th- I think his measurables are good, and I think, you know, he'll impress some people at the Combine. You know, it's one of those things that I think he has a lot more. He's a good enough prospect that he will he will almost certainly be drafted. Um, and he and if the more Maryland players are drafted, the better. Yeah, I don't think I don't think staying an extra year would have given him. You know, would have jumped him up two rounds. JUCO, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's already four years out of high school as well. But he, I mean, it clearly made a good decision in going to Maryland. His career got revived because of it. So. Mm-hmm. There's definitely this. And then there were also a couple of players that are leaving the program, too. Uh, they've set up a lot of attrition in terms of that way at the back end of the secondary. Yeah, I mean, so the 
Daniels twins are are out. This is mostly looking like a scholarship thing. You know, they were getting some rotational time. They each got one tackle uh, this year. Um, and, yeah, it, it's more of a Maryland still, as we stand, looking at a little above, like, some 85, 86 scholarships. The limit's 85. Um, and that's with the projected class as it stands coming in for 2018. They'll probably add one or two more names to that. uh, And how does that include players that may or may not leave for the NFL? Because there are still more that we could expect. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is... There are more than we could expect, Players leaving for the NFL... um, Well, obviously, DJ Moore will most likely go. I'm very interested to see what happens with Damian Prince and Derwin Gray. I think they, more than Jackson, can help themselves. Darnell Savage is a sneaky prospect, but I don't think he really would get drafted. I don't know what Jesse Annabonum's going to do. Um, well, or Ty Johnson. Well, did he say that he didn't go to senior day, or what was it, Jesse Annabonum? Yeah, I mean, he wasn't, like, a part of the senior day ceremonies. So that would lead me to believe he's thinking of coming back. Leads me to believe the same, and I think Maryland would probably be the better for that. Oh, uh, yeah. Same with Ty Johnson coming back for senior I, year. I don't think there's much that Ty Johnson – would do going to the NFL. I don't think he'd be drafted at this point. He's got explosive ability, but he was so all or nothing this year that there aren't many teams in the NFL that are going to want that. Yeah, I, I mean, he basketball. also he didn't get the chances to show his explosive ability this year because teams just stacked the box. And next year, you know. with actual quarterbacks, I think he could. So mm-hmm. that would be the idea. And Maryland, I mean, Maryland has plenty of running backs. Losing Ty Johnson would hurt, but it wouldn't be killer. But there's still definitely time for this to play out. And also, I don't know if we're going to record before this happens for football, but the early signing day is next week. December 20th. Yep, so that will be a week from tomorrow, a week from Wednesday. Uh, how many of these players that Maryland has, has committed do we expect to sign then? A pretty good majority of them. Um, I'm, talking to, you know, I'm talking to Jared Goldstein, football super wizard recruit man um and he only has yeah four testudo times uh you can read his recruiting stuff for free which is fun oh Um, don't do that we like our friends over there and we uh them but he only really says that there's a handful of guys that might not sign you know i think maryland's got maybe 21 guys committed at this point i think that sounds about right probably at least 15 of them are going to sign on the 20th mm-hmm. and so instead of asking who and it'll be interesting sign, to sign i guess uh it, it's one of those i don't really know a ton um like i have names in front of me as i'm saying this right now but i can't give you a reason why um apparently noah boykin's flirting with virginia tech a little bit he's a four-star corner um and i think a few others are thinking you know, along similar lines of, well, you know, is, I don't know how many of these are about, you know, simply another school just came in, um, had a spot open up, coaching change, stuff like that. Or, you know, I, I don't think any of them are being negatively swayed by Maryland being 4 and 8. Is, I think that if you tell say. them we're going to play with a good quarterback next year, that should pretty much assuage their concerns. Well, I think the whole pitch has been we're building something great in your, you know, in 
a great place to build something. And for a lot of players, that's their home. That's their hometown. A lot of players yeah. from Maryland. We're building something great. You can represent your state being a part of it. And, and like, people are all over that. You know, a lot of, you know, the casinos. NBA, and, and it's worked, and there's no yeah. reason why it should. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And then, I mean, there's players, obviously, from outside of it um, that, that you still pitch, you know, we're building something great, and you're going to be a part of it. And they really like um, DJ Durkin, who is a good recruiter. Yeah, so... I expect really most of most of the class to sign. I don't expect too much drama at the early signing day. Although that's the thing is that we haven't had this. We had you know, it. Signing day's always been wasn't much drama with it. So well, I mean, signing day for football has always been the first Wednesday of February, and that's just been like the big signing day. And then there's a big, I mean the period chaos. lasts. Yeah, it, it it's how much chaos is distributed from. You know, I think. I mean, it's different for Maryland because there's no bowl game to prepare for, but for all these yeah. other schools, there is. Yeah, what I don't know is, you know, if a guy doesn't sign, what does that, like, tell people? And I don't know. We're going to have to learn on the fly. Yeah, so that, that'll be something to keep an eye on. Like, if how many people who don't sign in the early signing day? Does that Hold mean on to their committed, or they just didn't want to sign, or do they have reasons for it? Maybe some of them wanted to enroll early. Who knows? I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, of stuff I mean, that when people happen. enroll early, this is absolutely the signing day for that. Um, well, maybe be... they didn't want to enroll early, and we don't know. I mean, that's it's going to be an experiment yeah, I mean, to see what happens. Because there's not a big gap, really. I mean, the other signing day is February first, and by that point, pretty much every school like has its has everything set and only a few dominoes fall after that signing day mm -hmm. well we'll so. find out there's there's still a lot to know maybe because of at that point they know we have more scholarships available because players are leaving for the nfl that could be something that comes into it too but you just don't know and that's why we'll be playing this on the fly and of course stay tuned to testudo times for that uh after the catholic game maryland doesn't play another game in basketball for nine days because of finals. Finals, and we'll play yes. another game with eight days after that because of Christmas. So the only other thing we could talk about, I guess, is Maryland women's basketball, and they haven't played anybody really of note in a while, and they've just destroyed everybody, which is good to see. And we're almost at Eliana Kristinaki time. Next game. Next yeah. game, December 20th. So there you go. The era begins. Yes. Well, they'll have more depth. That's important. I, I don't know if she's going to start. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm death, fascinated by it. Just more bodies. I mean, yeah, more more of that is, is fun. And they're still 15th in the country, which means nobody is disrespecting them. For, there's no shame for losing to South Carolina and UConn. Correct. So that's basically all we have to talk about because there isn't really much going on in the doldrums of December. We may do a podcast after the early signing day or something like that. We'll try to get something in episode 101. Uh, but Thomas, it's so great to do this with you, and we'll be doing this with you until you graduate and or I get a job and can't do this podcast anymore. Don't know which is going to happen first at this rate in my life, but it is so great to have you on all these shows. And if you'll remember, and I can joke about this now because it's the 100th show, your audio quality used to be not very good, but we got away with it. And now it sounds a lot better. You changed your recording method, and you now don't sound like you're coming through a drive through speaker. Which is always good. I mean, yes, we, you know, you the drive-through, the drive-through people are phenomenal in this world, but it's it's better They're to so not sound like them. that. I ignore them when I actually go to the fast food. Okay, it doesn't matter. Don't want to get too sidetracked in the 100th episode. We don't want to hold you forever. But when you return to this show, you will hear 
a little bit of retrospectives from a couple of people who have been on this show. Unfortunately, it's not Alex and Peter, as I would have liked to have had, but others who have been on this show quite a lot talking about this show and Maryland things and the fact that you get to talk about it instead of just writing it, especially for those who aren't necessarily with the site anymore and don't have a chance to talk about Maryland as much in a public forum. So please enjoy those conversations. And hopefully, you've enjoyed these 100 episodes as much as we have. So, in honor of this 100th episode, I decided that it would be good to get people who have been on this show almost as much as I have, pretty much. People who have been on this show because they've been editors of the site, writers of the site, such as the way it goes. And since Alex and Pete both told me no, it was really nice of them. They were kind of the people that hired me to do it in the first place. Uh, who else goes on the show a lot? Ryan is, uh, was on the show a lot. So, uh, hi, Ryan. How much have you, uh, enjoyed doing this show as many times as I asked you to do it? How much have I enjoyed it? Oh, I've, I've always enjoyed it. Um, are if nothing else... Are you sarcastic or saying this just because it's the 100th show or anything? Of course not. I would oh, never okay. do that. Um, but, no, it's fun to have a place to just talk about Maryland sports instead of writing it and sort of interact with a couple other people that maybe I don't see on an everyday basis. Certainly not. You don't see me anymore. That's true. Atlanta and I'm not in Atlanta, but it, it is fun. I guess, I think that's the thing. Like when you, when you became the editor of the site, it basically became a fait accompli that you had to do this basically every week. And it wasn't out of obligation. It's just because you were the person who kind of dictates the way Testudo times is being run and you come on and you, you always do well and it's fun. I think podcasting is honestly more fun than I ever thought it was going to be, and I did this because, eh, I thought it was going to be easy. Turns out it's not easy with all the recording issues I've had in the past, and I know I've put you through a little bit of hell through that at times. Even just recording this five-minute, or however long it is, segment, there were recording problems. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I think this segment will definitely uh, be shorter than the amount of time it took to actually figure out how we're going to record it. This You're is right. exactly correct. Thank you very much for this. Which... I, Which, I, if, I, if, if nothing else would explain this, uh, this podcast, I feel like that does. I think that totally explains this podcast. Absolutely explains it. Is there anything that actually stood out from recording the probably 50 or so of these that you've been on throughout time? I don't remember how many you were on. I didn't bother to count. Why would you do that? The only person who's been on all 100 of these shows is me. Beyond that, who the hell cares? Uh, but uh, is there any moment from this show that you remember that you actually would be like, yeah, that was a fun way to spend an evening? or afternoon whenever we recorded the show? I would say our interview with A.J. Francis that we did, uh, I want to say it was in, in the it was spring. Last football season. Okay, last football season. I think that was fun. Um, anytime we get to interview a guest, is cool. I think uh, anytime you get to do something that isn't just recapping the week in Maryland athletics is pretty fun. Not that recapping the week in Maryland athletics isn't fun, because that's basically... Is. That's basically what I did for two years of my life, which is which is fun, which was fun. But uh, was it though? I mean, you were, it was. You were here. You were here with a coaching change in, in football, and you did get the well, best basketball team of the. Covering a coaching change in football is actually is actually pretty, you know, fun as, as a reporter. But ask the people in Tennessee. Is it really that fun? I don't plan on asking people in Tennessee anything because I think. That kind of coaching switch is not very fun, but the one that Maryland conducted was fairly fun. Why was uh, it fun? I, just, I don't think coaching searches are necessarily fun, but yeah, it's cool. It's coaching searches is a new opportunity. It's you know you hire a new coach. Everything's always great when you hire when when you hire a new coach because oh, you're hiring Greg Schiano and you're an SEC school. 
but they didn't hire him. Um, they should have, except for the I, mob. Okay. I, it was good because they shouldn't have. But um, uh, well, anyway, we get to focus back on Maryland because these are the tangents anyway. that always happen on this show. Because I am a host that goes into tangents all the time, but it's it's fun to do this. I mean, you never kind of expected that you'd like doing podcasting until you realize, oh, it's actually kind of fun. Because you don't really have to do a lot of work to prep for this. I mean, you never prep for this, basically, other than me telling you, all right, we're going to talk about this X, Y, and Z. That's it. We don't really prep. We don't do anything intensive. It's just get on and talk about Maryland. That's why I think this show's good. I mean, I wish we could have more guests like AJ Francis on it. And that's a lot of me, just me being lazy. But I think it's just fun because we just come on and we talk about Maryland, and it's very informal. And for the most part, I mean, it was all basically students at Maryland talking about Maryland. Not as much anymore, but... That, I think, was the other cool part about it, because if you were listening to Maryland shows, it's more professional journalists, and we're all good friends when you cover Maryland, but the fact that it's just students talking about it, I think, is kind of more fun, you know? Sure. Yeah, I think that's fun. Um, I think the thing about Testudo Times, that Testudo Times is run by students, is really cool, and something a lot of people probably don't know, uh, or at least enough people. pretty quickly. They probably found out, you know, when I just kept making mistakes in my articles. That's probably when they found out that I was a student. Uh, yeah. But um, they probably didn't forgive you very much for those mistakes, did they? Uh, no, no, they did. They're usually pretty nice. But um, I think this is yeah, the it's, only website it's that's fun. really run by students, at least at the college side that I can of the SB Nation blogs. I don't remember. Um, I know Inside NU, their Northwestern site, is run by students. I know. Uh, that would be surprising. There aren't. That's the other thing. That right. I think on. there's a couple, but that's it. And it, and it makes it and it makes it more and obviously it makes it fun, but we like doing this. And there aren't a ton of Maryland podcasts on the air. There are a couple, and we listen to all of them. And they're all very good. We're not competing with anybody. We're just trying to do our own thing and talk about the wonderful world that is Maryland sports in our ways. And uh, by the way, I have to ask because it's around this time when we were recording this little segment. How many things did you break watching Maryland blow a twenty-two point second half lead to Illinois on Sunday? <sighs> How many things did I break? Well, that would be that would be a tough question because I actually only watched overtime. <laughs> oh, you didn't subject yourself to the pain that was coming before that. That probably was a good decision. Yeah, I was. Uh, I I saw that they had a twenty point lead. I got home from work, saw they had a twenty point lead. I was like, they're good. And then and then you realized uh, it's Maryland. It's, and then made some dinner, watched some football, saw that the game was tied. Uh, didn't know at all what was happening. So I actually went to the Tessier Times Twitter account to catch up on what happened. And you saw someone's mental yeah. breakdown. I, I think I saw a lot of people mental mentally break down on Twitter. I, but, I did too. Um, yeah, there's no, there, there's, no, there's not a but actually, because that was pretty bad. But they won. I guess that would be the silver lining right there. Uh, I don't think there could be silver linings after that nonsense. But that, that's kind of been the fun part of this show is we get to recap all of the Maryland nonsense. If you go back and you listen to all these shows dating back to right after the tournament in 2015 to now, uh, you could go through great history of Maryland athletics, particularly the nonsense stuff in it, from just listening to this show. And I, I'd never, I personally never go back and listen to these shows, and I don't think any of you really should do that. I listen to them when I edit them, but beyond that, I post them, and that's the end of that. But just to go back and kind of listen to the history of Maryland athletics through these podcasts for a couple of years is probably going to be a very interesting thought experiment to do one day. Might not be what I do. Might not certainly be what you do, Ryan, <laughs> but I can't wait to do that if and when I actually have a job, which is kind of the only reason why I'm still doing this show is because I'm still unemployed. 
But the listen to the history of Maryland athletics basically through these podcasts is something that's going to be really fun to do one day. That'll be something that I'm proud of whenever I, you know, end up having to leave this show because I'm getting hired somewhere else. But it'll be something that I'm very proud of. And that's, I think we're all proud of doing this. We all enjoyed it. And we all regret it. I, do you regret it? Maybe no, no, I don't, said. I don't regret it. I think, I, I don't regret anything I said. I think if, if anything else, I was, uh, too, you know, too, uh, I beat Texas, I, lose to UCF. I was too, uh, too positive sometimes, but I think, uh, Hey, if anyone's going to do, going to be listening to the podcast to find the history of Maryland sports, I would love to talk to that person because that would be the most inefficient way of doing that thing. Well, I would do think... that too because that would be the best interview we've ever done on this show. Probably. 100%. Ryan, I'm glad you were on as many episodes as you were, and you'll certainly be on more in the future. Thank you for giving up at least 10 hours of your life dating back from 2015 in the fall to do this show. It's oh, it was, it was definitely more than that. <laughs> I bet it was more than that, but I wasn't planning on counting. But you know what? I'm going to say 10 minutes will be nice because some of the podcasts were actually 30 minutes. This one won't be. But thank you for giving up all of that time to do all these shows for all the recording failures and all the Maryland failures. Everyone who listens to the show, and if you actually do listen to the show, please tell us that you do. It would be nice. The comment, the posts that on Testudo Times for the podcast is supposed to almost never get any comments. Maybe that's for the better. Maybe that's for the worse. Who knows? But we all appreciate it. And thank you so much for spending so much of your life in the 100 episodes of this show. We all appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, here's the special guest I was talking about. Somebody who was on the Testudo Times podcast before I hosted it. Dave Tucker. You have to What's be like up? the savant of Maryland fans at this point. At least the savant of the website. <laughs> you, one have way of it. you have more experience than the rest of us do combined. <laughs> You've been there and seen it all. Through been multiple there different Testudo Times podcasts. You're the only person that I could say that that's been on this show. Pete and Alex, I was hoping to get on this show, as I've mentioned repeatedly, but uh, could not make it. So, Dave, you've done both podcasts. I'm not going to compare them, as there isn't. But in terms of doing Maryland podcasts, and there aren't a ton of them out there, it's got to be fun because, you know, Maryland isn't exactly an SEC school or Ohio State or Michigan, so it's not like... Had the world's biggest fan base, so there's the demand for all this stuff. But it's a fun place to talk about the Terps, at the very least, in this sort of casual setting where we aren't, most of the time, just yelling and screaming. That's true. It's always been fun. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed it so much at this point. you know. And for you, you kind of get to go back now, and for all of us, we get to go back and look on like, years of Maryland athletic history through this podcast. I think that's got to be weird, you know, isn't it? It's like you look back on some of the podcast titles and like, oh boy, we, we were kind of stupid then, weren't we? <laughs> Things have definitely evolved and changed. I mean, that's got to be the funny thing, because like when I started, it wasn't exactly like Maryland was, not much has changed, but it wasn't like exactly things were always terrible. But the first podcast I did, you heard the intro to it, had Diamond Stone talk on there and a talk about the spring game for Randy Edsel's last spring game. Lots of stuff has changed in the last couple of years. It's kind of crazy. Now that you think about it, that was just two and a half years ago. So for all the times you were on this show, and I don't remember how many, but there were enough of them, what's your biggest memory of the last couple of years that you probably did talk about on the podcast at some point? Oh, God, I'm not sure. Um, Just transitioning from Metzl to um, 
um, Durkin and that whole coaching search. Um, you know, Maryland having one of the best basketball teams they've had since the national title year. Um, those are kind of two of the biggest things I think that jump out to me. I think it's also funny because when you look at that season and how, not that we were angry, but how it's like, how do we deal with the best team that Maryland has had in, at that point, it was 13 years. And it turned out it wasn't best, but it, it, was, it was still a it, fun team. Like, we're all going to look back on it. Yeah, and say, That's mean, the most fun team out of this recent crop. Yeah, I, I feel like that team was fun, but frustrating at the same time because um, you just felt like they had the talent to do more than what they did. I mean, it's they got to the Sweet 16, which was good because a Maryland team hadn't been to the Sweet 16 in a long time. And mm-hmm. once you get to that point, it could certainly be a crapshoot. But I felt like if that team could somehow be together for one more year and play together for one more year, then I think they would have been a really, really good, legitimate Final Four kind of contender team. I keep thinking that if Anthony Cowan was a year older and he was on that team, then Maryland probably could have gone to the Final Four. Yeah, that, I, that, that, I, I don't think, think that's there's valid. much debated about that. I remember, I think, we haven't had guests on it too often on this show. But one of the ones we did, we had Eric Hayes on to preview that season, and that was a ton of fun, you know, because you obviously get to pick the brain of somebody who has done that before. And obviously, when you lead into a game against North Carolina, although as weird as that sounds now, Maryland doesn't play them every year, uh, you know, that was definitely a fun season. I also remember Alex texting me during one of the days when, do you remember the moment where one uh, writer from Lansing, his name was Graham Couch, uh, didn't put Maryland in his top 25? It's a, it's a bit of a vague memory, but I remember yeah. it clearly because of the podcast. So Alex texts me. It was a <laughs> basic afternoon, uh, someday in February, and he says to me, we got the guy who didn't vote Maryland in the top 25. Can we have a podcast with him? And I said, of course we can. And so that <laughs> I have to think is my favorite show we ever did because we got to talk with somebody, and we weren't exactly roasting him because he got roasted by Maryland fans on Twitter basically all day. But it was a, it was a fun time because that team – just for the ups and downs and the whole, they didn't really beat anybody, and then, well, they did. And it's just one of those weird things. But that, I got to say that's my biggest podcast memory, at least for you, uh, for me, from all the ones that I've done, and I've been on all 100 of them. Crazy to think that we've done 100. So since we haven't talked to you in a while, I figure we should spend the last bit of this getting a little bit of your thoughts on Maryland, since you are the elder statesman of this group. <laughs> or at least the people that have been on the podcast re- with all of us. You have to think, you graduated in what, 2002? So, no, 2005. 2005. So compared to the rest of us, that's the elder statesman. Like, that's <laughs> kind of crazy to think about it. Even the 2005 Maryland grads, the you know, most experienced with Maryland athletics that we've ever had on this show. I think that's the funniest thing that we've seen. But uh, in terms of what actually happened this year in football and what you think about basketball, I've got to pick your brain on that briefly. Uh, we'll start with basketball since it's fresh. And I just spent a couple of minutes with Thomas going over how stupid that Illinois game was. But for everything that has happened, I mean, they played Catholic tonight, and I completely forgot they were playing Catholic tonight. Uh, but regardless of this, what have you thought about this season to start, and where do you think this team is? I think they're still pretty young team and a lot of their production is coming from freshmen and sophomores so they're going to make mistakes but if you look at some of their uh numbers on ken palm maryland fans favorite analytics site 
Um, they're a really, a really good team in a lot of things, except for the amount of times that they turn the ball over. I mean, they're literally one of the worst teams turning the ball over in all of Division One. You know, they're 315th, I think, or 312th last time I saw a day or two ago. And if they could just cut that in half, then they're going to be a really, really strong, scary, good team as the season progresses, assuming they don't have any lingering um, issues with injuries, which is always, when you're talking about Maryland athletics, something that you have to keep in the back of your mind, unfortunately. It doesn't happen as much with basketball as it does with football. I think that's the thing we could say for sure. Uh, I'm looking at the score. Maryland won 76-59, to 59, which is closer against a not very great D3 team than it should be. But I'm they not going to. Maryland was trailing in the first half, like with four minutes left. That's, um, that's fun. That's, that's great. Great fun. It would, be, it would be great if that game was actually on TV since the past two well, have hey, not been on TV. Let the students get a chance to call the games. I'm okay with that, but nobody wants to see That's Maryland. fine. They can call the games and Big Ten Network and air them too, not I on think, the I think premium BTM was channel. airing a game tonight against a D1 opponent for some school. I don't remember what it was, but I'm okay Rutgers. with the streaming. No, I won Rutgers. I don't think it was Rutgers at least. No, you're right. Rutgers is on ESPNU. Yeah, a friend of mine was calling that game. We're getting off topic, but... Yeah. I, I keep thinking, like, this is one of the best rebounding teams that Maryland's had in the last couple of years. I can't remember how many times we yelled and screamed at Maryland not being able to rebound. They rebound the ball pretty well this year. That's helps they do. front court depth. And they haven't really seen the best of Justin Jackson yet. And that's something we were all kind of waiting for. Like, if Justin Jackson plays like a lottery pick, this team could be really good. And we haven't seen it yet. So Yeah, he's, he's definitely not um, playing, I think, the way he is capable of playing and like you said once he is playing at that level that is going to make him potentially you know a high draft pick in the nba draft then they can be really really good i think bruno has been fantastic um i really hope he doesn't have an issue with a lingering injury with that ankle injury i mean i can't even believe he got up and walked off oh yeah if my, if my ankle did that i'm pretty sure i'd never be able to walk again so i'm We're just happy quite, that he's you know, okay. a gigantic man from angola i want to ask you this question because you've been involved with maryland for much longer than we have is there any player that reminds you of bruno fernando in the way that he comes off the bench gives you a spark and is just sort of this not just an energizer buddy but a player that you love even in spite of what he is not able to do right now but he might be able to do and for what he is able to do, you just like, I love this player so much, and I'm so glad he's on my team. It's the kind of player you're going to remember years from now as one of your favorite ever Maryland players. I couldn't think of one that reminded me of him. Some people brought him up as a Des Wells comparison, which I guess is kind of apt, but you might know better than I would on this question. Um, from that type of position, uh, for Bruno, I would say Bali Osby is a guy that jumps out for me um he was really really good around the basket he's a really strong guy really energetic guy really got the fans involved which bruno seems to really enjoy doing he was kind of that spark guy as well i think that'd probably be a pretty apt comparison i think bruno is more talented than osby was and will i think continue to grow and be more talented but that's just kind of a player that jumps out and reminds me of him right off the top one of those uh you know life-taking dunks against an opponent yet yeah like, he's tried <laughs> it and if he hit those he would have ended people's lives and sure he's so close for that 
Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I've said it before. I think this team is fine. It's got to grow. It's not anywhere near the finished product yet. And if it's like this in February, then you can worry. But it's still December, and they're not playing great teams, and they're injured. So it's okay for now. Got to have you talk about football as well, because what we had you want to talk about football was so amazing and optimistic. And then it just all went wrong in a very Maryland way. And it got pretty bad towards the end of the year. And Maryland fans got angry, as you would, for what's happened towards the end of the season and the losses at home. Uh, but I, I still think you can't really blame it much more than on uh, horrible injury luck. And they weren't great on defense, but if they had a real quarterback, I don't think that happens, of course. Yeah, I mean, if Maryland isn't um, relying on their, what you consider either fourth or fifth string quarterback, then I think they have a lot more success this year. Um, they are still have work to do in order to be competitive with the top echelon of this conference, and it's going to take a lot for that to occur. And it's, you know, they're not. I feel it's going to be really hard for them ever to be compete competitive with Ohio State on a year-to-year -year basis. I think they're going to be years when they could possibly beat them. Um, but I mean that that holds true with Ohio State, with Penn State, with where they are right now, with Wisconsin. I mean those teams are all up there, but they should be able to, some point soon, be beating teams like Michigan State and beating teams. Consistently, like Rutgers and Indiana and Northwestern. Can we talk and, about uh, Rutgers. I yeah, went to that well, game. those are all. Bad. Those were all teams they lost to this year. But I mean, if they have one of their, if they have Piggy playing for them, or you know, then they're probably not going to lose that game to Northwestern. They're probably not going to lose that game to Rutgers. They're probably not going to lose that game, maybe even to Michigan State. So I mean, if you look at that then you're talking about a bowl game for this team this year. And I think the the thing that you've really got to be optimistic about with them is that Durkin has them in a position recruiting-wise where they're constantly bringing in very talented classes. And doing that consistently, adding the new Cole Fieldhouse indoor facility as just this wonderful recruiting tool, I think you're going to continue to see this team improve. I mean – Maryland has to be one of the only, if not the only, Division One football team that within the last, what, eight years has had twice to go down to their fourth or fifth string quarterback. No, they've had to I go mean, on that's a walk just, on twice since I went to Maryland. <clears throat> I mean, that's just absolutely astounding to me that, you know, that's just seems like dumb bad luck. And I, I don't want to say it can't happen again because oh, Lord, Lord knows that with Maryland sports, anything like that is possible, but you have to think that hopefully it doesn't happen again. Um, and if, if they can, they can stay healthy, then I think they're going to be a team that gets, you know, seven or eight wins. If you continue to build on that, then you're going to have occasional nine and 10 win seasons. And I think that's, that's a great place for Maryland football to be in don't want people to boil the golden goose. DJ Durkin has done things with Maryland that not many Maryland coaches have been able to do because Ralph Region was inconsistent with recruiting. He'd have great teams and he'd have terrible teams. And Ed Sol was, you know, he had some good players, but he never did it consistently. And now you've got DJ Durkin who's consistently piling up these, you know, un-Maryland-like recruiting classes. Don't get rid of it now because they lost when they had 
no quarterback play, and everybody was like, yeah, you know what? Let's let's just go home and start next year. They also played the most ridiculous schedule the last two years. I mean, this yeah, I mean, year, their their schedule this year was the, insane. The when you look at the teams, yeah, I mean, you look at the, I mean, when we lost to UCF, we all thought that was, I mean, I don't want to say a bad loss, but we're kind of like, man, well, that's a game. I've always said we thought we were going to win. If they have a quarterback, yeah, that game changed right. That does too. But I mean, again, you're talking about a team that went undefeated this year, and then. You look at the fact that we played Ohio State, that we played Wisconsin, Wisconsin. that we played Michigan State, that we played Penn State. I mean, that is going to be a constant for this team. You know, we're always going to be playing Penn State. We're always going to be playing Michigan. We're always going to be playing Ohio State. But you're not always going to play the only two remaining unbeaten (coughs) at the point. The only two remaining unbeaten in FBS. So you don't play those teams. You play the hard ones every year. But their schedule next year is considerably easier than it was this year. And I always said, if we're sitting here next year and we're talking about Maryland in this way, then there are problems. But for now, I just can't imagine. You don't want to spoil it. And this is also Maryland football. It's not exactly, you know, a pedigree program. It's had some success, but not a lot. And to get it to where it could actually be successful is difficult. So as I always say, I don't want to boil the Golden Goose. I don't want to give this up because it could be Edsel. It could be worse. So that's always... people. If people are worried about DJ Durkin right now and where this team is, then I think they're being pretty kind of narrow-minded and short-sighted. Like you said, if you're talking about this team like this next year, then fine. That's something else to consider. But given the injuries and everything else and the schedule that they had this year, I think, you know, they, they did fine. You wanted them to do better, but they did probably as well as they could given the circumstances. So what's your long-lasting memory, the last question I'll ask you, of this podcast? And doing it as much as you've done, not as much recently, which is unfortunate, and we want to have you back on more, but what's the most uh, long-lasting memories for you doing these shows? Uh, You brought it up earlier, but when we had Eric Kays on, I thought that was really, really cool. Um, Being able to talk to him was neat just to get his, you know, like you said, a pretty awesome perspective for someone that played for... Gary Williams and played for Maryland and just played had a pretty good team. Yeah, he did playing with Grievous Vasquez. I mean, oh, pretty, yeah. pretty cool. Uh, Bruno Fernando kind of seems to be like a player who might go down, not like Grievous level, but in terms of just love, he might get there. Cause I don't think he's going anywhere very soon in terms of NBA. If he stays for a while, boy, he, he's going to be fun. I love Bruno Fernando more than almost any individual <laughs> athlete on a team that I have liked. For a really, really long time. There aren't many players that get up close to his level in terms of love. So I always say, when, it, when it, it's not going well, think about Bruno Fernando and you'll be happier. And right. I, I'm, tr- I'm still hoping one day we could get him to record the intro to this podcast. Because then I might just retire. Because I don't need to do any work <laughs> after that. It'll be the best amazing thing ever. Dave, it's been amazing to have you on these shows. Hopefully we'll have you on many more of them in the future. And you've been awesome to me. You've been awesome for Testudo Times. And you still hang around, and hopefully you'll be hanging around this podcast again in the future. Well, I'd love to. Thanks so much for having me. And now for the final guest of the 100th episode of the Testudo Times podcaster, resident basketball expert, Matt Allentuck, to reminisce about memories from this show, if he wants to remember any memories, in air quotes, <laughs> from doing this show, or me forcing him to do this show. Hey. 
do, do I force you to do this show, or is it more of a uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink? No, come on. This is where I vent my frustrations. Uh, it's where we all vent our frustrations. I think that's one of the most fun parts about doing this show, is because normally when it's Maryland, you just vent to air. You just yell and scream at the TV, and no one's around to listen, and if they are listening, they think you're crazy. But here, you could vent, and you could say it, you know, and everyone's probably thinking it who's listening to it. That's the fun part. Yeah, because, you know what, writing can only do so much, but when you can actually speak it out, it makes you feel a little better, you know? Especially with Maryland basketball, because football we kind of expect to go horribly wrong. When basketball goes horribly wrong, we need brevity in our life. And that's why we asked Matt to come on, because he knows more about basketball than I do about all the sports I follow. <laughs> uh, you're overrating me a bit, but... Well, you know more about basketball than I do. I'll take that. So... Uh, you've been doing this podcast for a while. I don't remember the first time you were on the show, but if I had, if I had to guess, it was probably the first three. year. From yeah, the probably. first year I started doing it. but uh, Probably about three years you, ago. Yeah, how many do you think you were on? By the way, I have not actually researched how many you were on. I'm not that crazy. I don't know. Pro I mean, more than a dozen, I'm sure. Oh, certainly more than that. Uh, as many basketball shows as we could have stuffed you in on is probably how many yeah, you were on. Yeah, I've probably been on maybe 20 or so shows. That, that sounds about right. See, we only had you really exclusively on for basketball, though. We did have you on once for football, I remember, when you covered a football game. Yeah, I was tossed around a little bit, but uh, I, I focused on basketball. For the good reasons. Did you cover that a game of West Virginia for football? I did. I went to, I went to West Virginia for a football game. That did uh, happen. That, that must have been the only time we had you on for a non-basketball-related thing. Yeah, I think, I think that was it. I wanted to get a little bit of traveling in. And you picked the best place to go. Without any uh, burning couches. True. Not the best game, but... Oh, no, certainly not. Not that one. That one was terrible. <laughs> but uh, it, We got accustomed to that. Uh, Jeez. I mean, covering Maryland football. I went to Iowa. At least they were competitive that year. But anyway, yeah. what are your favorite memories of doing this show, other than the multiple venting opportunities you had to let off steam about Maryland playing badly? I think I just love talking about Jake Lehman here. This is my. <laughs> uh, this yes. is my. You were the starter of the Jake Lehman fan club. I was. This was my Lehman space where I was able to finally just yell at people for being dumb. And I think you know what? I think I was right. You I were think right. I, you ended I up being very right. I think it's time to declare that I was right. I, so, I declared you were right when we were doing those shows. So I always yeah. believed in you, but I, I don't know how many people are going to come around to Jake Lehman well after the fact. It normally happens this way. You appreciate something well after it's gone. Listen, I tried, to, I tried to bring attention to it. I, I always appreciated Jake Lehman. I never understood the anger for him. Yeah, me either, but at least this space gave me uh, room to scream about it. How often do you think you did that in that season? When oh, everyone no. was yelling and screaming about lots of things with Maryland, and then Jake Lehman got the year. for whatever reasons. The, his senior year. With the, yeah, it was the whole year, I'm pretty sure. I, I would have to go back and listen to those shows, but I can imagine if I did a Jake Lehman drinking game, I'd probably be dead within the first 20 minutes. <laughs> yep, that's I, I would probably hope nobody does a drinking game based on this show. Then they would have way too much time on their hands, and I've hosted 100 episodes of this nonsense. So yeah. we have you here for basketball-related reasons. Uh, last night I recorded with Dave, which you just listened to, 
if you were listening to this show, of course you are. Uh, hopefully you've lasted as long as this show about us basically self-indulging at this point, 100 episodes. Uh, and I totally forgot they were playing Catholic, and I'm glad I did because apparently that didn't go very well. Uh, but we had you at the start of the season, and this is the first time I think we've had you on since. So where are we with Maryland basketball in your expert eyes? Mm. Uh, I mean, I think that this is, you know, it's obviously been a disappointing start to the season. But again, I think this team has similar expectations to what last year's had. And last year's, we just had a, we were lucky enough to see a long winning streak to start the season before reality hit. And this year, I think we're seeing the opposite of that. Uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to fight for, for a tournament spot. And this has always been a team that you look at what next year's roster could be. And you, you look more forward to that than to see how this one finishes. I don't think it's even that bad. I mean, they've had their moments. No. I mean, yeah, I mean, Bonaventure was not good, but I can't think of any other times where I was like, wow, they played awful here. And that was terrible. Even in their losses, it's like, well, in Syracuse, they didn't do quite enough to win, but if that game's at home, they win it. And against Purdue, that was as good. I think they could have played Purdue and they came within five. It came at a weird time, but I don't think they play that badly against, what clearly people are going to say is the second best team in the Big Ten. Uh, that's also fair, but I also don't think that Maryland's piled up losses like this early in the season recently. Certainly that's not a, since like 2013 in Atacama. Yeah, at least as at least as far as but I've been them is watching this game. In conference, so. Yeah, I mean they're fine. Uh, I think that's what we started the season with. I think there are definitely some bright things. I think Bruno Fernando is surprising us. How much um, do you have watching him play? Because I, I love enjoy Bruno. every minute he's on the court. Yeah, Bruno is just super, super likable. Um, and he's great. Uh, I think he's probably better than any of us thought he'd be. Um, obviously, we hope he comes back from that injury fine. But besides that, I mean, he's been a huge boost on both ends. Uh, and Maryland had a big since you've been following Maryland basketball. I mean, we had Diamond Stone, but that kind of didn't turn out quite the way many Maryland fans hoped. But has there ever been a big that could do what Bruno Fernando can do or has shown us that he can do other than trying life-taking dunks and not hitting most of them uh, yeah well those will come with age but yeah no I, I don't remember being this excited um, about the consistent play of a big man because yeah we were more excited to see Diamond finally hit the court but yeah he never hit expectations and Bruno's already blowing them away so um, I've already seen his name on mock drafts I hate to get ahead of myself but um uh... He, yeah, I mean, he's showing out and, and people are noticing. But isn't it, isn't it kind of weird because he's a traditional kind of 6'10 big man? I know Mark Turgeon says he can shoot from deep, that he won't let him. But, you know, he's kind of a player that seems more of a throwback than, you know, the modern day 6'8 could do everything. A, li- a little. You can see that more in the future. I don't know. A little bit, but, you know, it's, he's, you know, more so a guy who can grab offensive rebounds and finish more than play back to the basket, which is what makes him so valuable for Maryland, and that's what's going to make him really valuable in his professional career, too. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the other reason why I don't think we've seen the best of this team yet is because it's clear we haven't seen the best of Justin Jackson, whether it's been because he's sick or otherwise. Yeah, Justin's, Justin's making me a little nervous. Uh, why is he making you nervous? This is your place to vent about this. Yeah, um, I mean, listen, I don't... Uh, I've argued many times about how Mark Turgeon runs an offense, and I'm a little disappointed, uh, again, that this offense isn't centered around Jackson and catering to his needs. Um, 
but watching him play off the ball is not pretty. Uh, he's not spotting up and hitting the shots he he usually does, and he can't really do too much else when other people have the ball and he's sort of standing around. So, you know, I don't think that Maryland is using all of his talents correctly, and he's sort of been forced into bad shots because of it. I mean, he's sort of chucking things up in ways that we didn't see last year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's worrisome. Um, I don't think that it'll kill his draft stock by any means, but his production on the court for Maryland has been disappointing, and I think that it has a lot to do with um, where he's placed and how the offense works around him instead of for him. But it's interesting because with the start of the season, we weren't really saying that. Like They went to some smaller lineups, they did a lot of cool things, and then they kind of reverted back to what Mark Turgeon always does. And, yeah. I mean, then he got sick, so we just don't know whether he yeah. can change. I think we will see it eventually because this is still a long time. I season. hope. I mean, the ball, the ball needs to go in his hands more. That's I mean, really, I, that's really that's what it needs to be. It's, it wouldn't be a Matt Ellentuck discussion without saying something about how Maryland runs its offense. But you're think love... like most Maryland fans do, so I, I don't think you're out of any no, I mean, it's, realm of it's, realism here. It's fair. Historically, Mark Turgeon's offenses have underperformed. He's coached very, very good defenses, but offensively, um, his system has never changed to fit what whoever his best player is, which this year is Justin Jackson, and this year his best player isn't getting the ball enough. So you're saying he's an ideologue. That's a great way to end the 100th show by bashing <laughs> Mark Turgeon. Isn't that fun? Hey, I, don't, I never bash Mark Turgeon. But he's got I'd, clear limits as a head coach, but my whole thing is every time I see the fire Turgeon stuff, I keep wondering, like, who do you think that Maryland could get that would be oh, better? Oh, no, that, that's crazy. I mean, Turgeon, Turgeon is brilliant recruiting. He always has a top 20 or 25, 30 uh, defense, but offensively he just hasn't gotten it done, which – might require Imagine if he ever flukes into getting that done yeah i mean th- that would be great hopefully he can find someone else uh, on his coaching staff that'll help him with that in the future we could hope so where do you think i mean in terms of the big 10 from what you've watched michigan state's a death star purdue is better than we thought but nobody else is really any good it's just all a mess of maryland like teams so yeah, doesn't the- that kind of favor the terps in a way like, if they find their groove, they should be, in theory, better than a lot of the mix of teams that's at their level. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, that number three spot is up for grabs, really, for anyone. The Big Ten is disappointing. Wow. Again. When, when, when have we said that before? All the time. Yeah, seriously, it's, as it's as very disappointing. As soon as joins the league, it gets bad. <laughs> yeah, which, unfortunately, this year is, you know, we're kind of seeing a, a downwards turn for Maryland unless they can – you know, flip things into shape once conference play really, really starts. But yeah, I mean, it's still for grabs. It's way too early to write Maryland off from being that next best team under Purdue. I, I don't think that they are necessarily right now. They can be, but certainly right. other Maryland fans have said their tournament hopes were over when they lost the St. Bonaventure. No, no, their tournament hopes are definitely not over. Uh, they're still, they're still going to make the tournament, and people will get angry with the ups and downs because this is Maryland basketball, and that's something that I learned very quickly when I did this show is that when Maryland basketball has one loss, the sky is falling, and when yep. they win, they're the best team ever. So it's uh, it's Maryland basketball. Uh, it, there is no fan base of any sport that I have personally been involved with that is as like Maryland basketball fans that it is so all or nothing. And it makes it fun and it makes it entertaining, but it makes it painful when they screw up. And it's, it's something I learn when you do this show. And I appreciate it now. It's part of the 
part of the package you get. And that's something I guess we all learn when you do this show. You get to understand a little bit more about, you know, here are Maryland fans and here is what they are. Like, when I was starting out doing this show and starting out as a Maryland fan as a student, I didn't quite get, you know, oh, this is Maryland fandom other than basketball. There's always expectations. And when they beat Duke, they ride on Route 1. But beyond that, it was just I never really realized some of the things that happened with this program until I started hosting this show, and now I know a lot more. And of course, I learn more from people like you, and I've learned a lot from everybody who's been on this show. And I hope you had fun when you were on it, and hopefully you will have fun when you're on it in the future because we're going to need your brevity again. Yes, absolutely. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, I enjoy I, it. Of course you do. You need. We all need an outlet for Maryland talk, and I hope – that is what people have turned to this show for, for 100 episodes, for Maryland talk from different perspective as the site's changed over. So many different people have been on this show. So many people, it's now basically students that run it, but they're all great. And everybody who's come on this show loves talking about Maryland, likes talking about what they do. And I've loved hosting it for all this time. It's been a great pleasure to do so. And I will continue to do it until I get employed and they tell me I can't do it anymore. And even when <laughs> I get employed, which hopefully will be soon because I'm still unemployed a year and a half out of college. It's the journalism industry, kids. Don't go into it. I'm kidding. <laughs> It'll get better one day. Um, it will. Yes, it will. It's The low points now, it's going to get better soon. Trust me on that. But right now, it's pretty low. Uh, but until then, uh, I'm still going to do the show because I love talking about Maryland, and I want to get it out of my system as much of a Maryland fan and observer as I am. And hopefully, that is what you have come to hear. You've come to hear different opinions. You've come to hear people... Like Matt say things that make you smarter, and maybe you've laughed at one or of our bits that probably weren't very funny, but maybe you laughed out of spite. Hopefully you just enjoyed listening to this show for 100 episodes, and here's to 100 and many, many more. Thanks to Matt, thanks to Dave, thanks to Ryan, thanks to Thomas, and thanks to everybody else, including Alex and Pete, who decided for whatever reason not to come on this show, but it's okay, we still love them too. And everybody else who has been on this show and has listened to this show, thank you very much. Here's to the next 100, we'll see you very soon, but until then, go Terps. Thank you.